is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go! Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go! Let's hit the waiver wire. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and he. So, which rookie wide receiver are you prioritizing? Is there anyone that's worth spending, you know, a lot, a big chunk of your fab on? And why didn't anyone on this show... Pump up Darren Waller. I mean, come on. Wow, what a what a whiff on our part. Welcome to the week one waiver wire. Dave, what like how'd you miss on that guy? Um, you know, I I thought he'd have a chance <laughs> to score and um maybe get like eighty yards. Um Hawkinson clearly was the better tight end so far, and he probably will be the rest of the season. So Waller, look, it was nice they had eight targets and seven catches. But 70 yards, that's, that's the bar that I always set for myself for a tight end. He hit that bar, but didn't go over it by very much. Oh, come on. What, what is this? I, this is a chance for and you what, to be what really is it? happy, it's excited. The result, listen. He was I'm, great. I'm because he was great. He had an amazing first half. Hold on, hold on. So in the first half, everybody's going crazy. Adam, you're you're tweeting out gifts of Ric Flair. GIFs. Assuming that that's how I'm feeling. Yeah. I don't care what it is. And. And uh, I'm I'm just like, so what? He has 50 yards in the first half. And then the Broncos actually started to take him away. You could see that they had a corner on him when he lined up wide, and then the safety was there kind of 10 yards further downfield to try and deter Derek Carr from throwing to him. It worked out great for Tyrell Williams. It did not work out so well in the second half for Darren Waller. So it's a nice start. It's better than O.J. Howard or Jared Cook or Zach Ertz. Really, it's he's he was better than all of them, and if you've got him on your team, that's great. But it wasn't the big breakout that I thought it would be. Maybe next week we'll get it. Oh man. Okay. Well, I you know I was expecting a. I thought he was reaction. awesome. He was awesome. I, I, I couldn't I couldn't be happier for for what you got from him. Yes, I I'm pumped about it. good good job to anybody who uh, who had Darren Waller fifty nine percent owned, and he's certainly a yeah, top waiver. Dave, Dave and Heath, Dave and Heath should be taking victory laps there. Yeah, I don't know. Two years ago, I had Kenny Galladay all pumped up, and he scored two touchdowns in his debut. So maybe I just have higher standards than maybe my standards are just a little too high in general. Look, if you've got Waller on your team, you beat everybody to the punch. That's the good news. Absolutely. And same thing with Hawkinson, who still might be available. Hawkinson is, what, 76% owned. So we're going to talk about guys that are going to be available just in the shallower leagues. And, of course, players that are available in a lot of leagues. Marquise Brown's going to headline that list. And Gio Bernard is going to headline that list. Uh, good morning, Jamie. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm, I'm fired up. i uh, got a lot of waiver wiring to do. It's going to be a long night of setting waiver claims and, and getting my bids in. There are a lot of players that I want. I went back and I looked at last week's notes or last year's notes for, for uh, the first week of waiver wires. And there were a, a lot of, you know, like Tyrod Taylor was on there. The quarterbacks I doubt we were very excited about. But Aaron Jones was on that. Philip Lindsay was like 2% owned. Uh, the wide receivers were pretty good. We found some some guys that were extremely useful in week one. So uh, don't just poo-poo it. Some of these performances are really important. Let's run through the big news real quick and set up the waiver wire here. Joe Mixon, he's got an ankle injury. He could play week two, and it's going to be kind of annoying because you might make Giovanni <laughs> Bernard your number... You number <laughs> who let the dogs out? Oh, is that Heath? <laughs> No, that, no, that's me. Yeah, so Dave's working from home right now, <laughs> and uh, Dave's got a loud house. But anyway, um, you could make Geo your, your number one waiver wire priority, and Mixon could play, and that's just part of the gamble here. But we know Tevin Coleman's out. 
We know Darius Geis is out. Coleman's at Cincinnati, or the Niners are at Cincinnati, and Adrian Peterson and Chris Thompson are going to face Dallas. Baker Mayfield should be fine. He had x-ray on his hand, but you heard Dr. David Chow talk about it. Didn't like that the thumb was uh, being looked at there. Nick Foles is on IR, designated to return, so Gardner Minshew gets the keys, and Houston could be a defense that you want to stream. Juju Smith-Schuster hurt his toe, but he should be fine. Don't know about. Do we know about Mike Williams? Do we expect Mike Williams to play? As of now, no. Uh, not, not as of now. Okay. All right, so that's the big news. Who are your top waiver wire priorities? Jamie, I'll kick it to you first. Well, I mean, there there are some guys, like you mentioned, that you could find on waivers still if they are there. Uh, Hawkinson and Waller would be two. Waller is available and in, in still the threshold that we talk about, under 65%. Uh, but Hawkinson, like you said, 76% owned. Um, Tyrell Williams at 77% owned. I think those are two guys you can look at and, and feel comfortable with. If we're just talking about the guys that you, you should be able to find, uh, John Brown would be number one for me. Uh, if Joe Mixon's out and you find out before tonight that the – the situation's worth would probably not going to. Um, I would say Giovanni Bernard should definitely be on your priority list. And then I, I think Jamison Crowder as well. You know, I mean, you, you got to be excited about what he did in his debut with 17 targets and 14 catches. And if you just look at Adam Gase's track record, he loves slot receivers, and that's the slot receiver for the Jets. Okay. John I agree. Brown, I like, uh, and Crowder. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I agree with everything he said. Um, you know, I think there's room. Let's just say that you won in week one and you, you've got Dante Pettis on your bench. You're tired of Eric Ebron already. You want to speculate on somebody, not somebody that you have to rush into your lineup. I think Marquise Brown's the guy. And I know he didn't play a lot of snaps in week one, but it's pretty clear that he's once he does start playing a lot of snaps, he's going to be matchup proof, provided that he can stay healthy provided that Lamar Jackson can find him downfield. And those are those are kind of big ifs, of course, but I, I don't mind grabbing him and stashing him knowing that he's 70% unowned in CBS leagues. He wouldn't be my top priority, especially if I needed lineup help this week. But if I didn't need that lineup help, I would strongly consider making a move for him. Yeah, he, he can certainly help you this week against Arizona, uh, as we saw. You know that they, their defense is not very good. But so you would, Dave, you would rather have rest of season John Brown or Marquise Brown? Brown, John Brown. I can't believe I said Brown. That. <laughs> I'm such a moron. But John Brown, who uh, who I drafted in a lot of leagues, by the way, I liked him coming into the season as well. He looked good right away. Hopefully, he keeps this up. I would also take Crowder over Marquise Brown, especially in PPR. Okay, so you guys are in agreement there. John Brown and Jamison Crowder over Marquise Brown. Brown is Jamie's third highest ranked wide receiver. Now, that does not include Tyrell Williams. It doesn't include, like, where's Tyrell Williams? He's 77%. Oh, let's say he's available. Number one? Number one. He's at the top. What, yeah. what was everybody doing? I mean, this is not us, like, having uh, uh, a new take. I mean, we told you, Heath had Tyrell as a sleeper. For a while, but we told you as soon as there was a buzz about Antonio Brown not playing in Week One, you got to go out and get Tyrell Williams, and the ownership percentage just some, did not some, rise enough. Some leagues don't they lock waivers until after the first week, and I think that's part of it. Really, I really don't think that's part of it. That there can't be that many because that was a week ago, right? When did we find out? It doesn't matter. I'm, I'm telling you, Adam, there are leagues that have those type of rules. Twenty-five percent of our leagues, you think? I, what what's the explanation for it? I mean, there people, can't be that many eight team leagues that that people, people are playing in it. that you just don't have. I I don't know. Oh, I, I I don't know. I mean, you know, the thing with our leagues is because you know of 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 our site and what you have to do to play on our site. 
uh, in the commissioner leagues, you know, the, these are very astute players. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I couldn't believe it, but still, fine, whatever. Whatever the reason is, get him. How about, um, let's say you're, you're loaded. Like, your, your team, whatever. You don't need anyone, necessarily. Hawkinson's out there. Tyrell Williams is out there. Who's your priority? Tyrell. Tyrell. And it's a close call because Hawkinson's got the, you know, the tight end designation makes him a position scarcity type of guy. But Tyrell just kind of proved that he can do what he did back in 2016, be that lead guy. Hawkinson might end up being the next Rob Gronkowski. I don't know if he's going over 100 in a tutty every week, though. All right, let me get three more names up here because what we're going to do if you're new to the show, we're going to go through each position at some point later on in the show. We're also going to recap Sunday night and Monday night football, three games to recap. But we'll go into each position. We'll give you quarterbacks. Quarterbacks aren't going to be the hot waiver wire ads. Um, but DK Metcalf... Uh, who's probably right behind the three wide receivers we've talked about, John Brown, Jamison Crowder, and Marquise Brown. You got DK Metcalf, you have Ronald Jones, and uh, I don't, and Chris Thompson, I guess we should probably talk about as well. And then, look, they're owned in about 77% of leagues, but I don't personally think it's a great week for DST streamers. So the Patriots DST, if they're available, that's definitely a, a, a DST. And you're, this is the guy who had the Eagles DST on six rosters uh, this first week, so take that for what it's worth. But the Patriots DST uh, should definitely be a priority, but they are owned in, in more than 75% of leagues. Uh, but I guess those other names, Ronald Jones, Chris Thompson, DK Metcalf, do you feel like you'd be putting in claims or bids for all, all of them? Yes. I, I think, yeah, I, I think you can, and I think there's more names on top of that. I think th it's a very deep waiver list this week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's almost overwhelming. <laughs> and then there's like Adrian Peterson. Adrian Peterson had 17 or more carries in seven of his first 10 games last year. I don't, you know, what do you think about Adrian Peterson? I know he's not great, but if he's going to get a lot of work, if he's going to get goal line work, he's something, isn't he? Yeah, I'm just concerned about game flow. You know, I mean, I think you're going to see a situation where they're chasing points and, you know, he's not going to be great in that regard. Uh, you know, you have to wonder how much of Geis's poor performance was the knee or how much just that they're not going to be able to be very good running the ball. And their next two games are Dallas and Chicago. So that's not great for Adrian Peterson. It's probably better for Chris Thompson. All right, today's sponsors, FanDuel. FanDuel.com slash FFT. I played three FanDuel contests in week one. I'll probably play three to five going forward. And I'm trying to get a FanDuel contest for this podcast. I know I've had some questions about that. I'm working on it. But if you want to get uh, a bonus when you sign up, go to FanDuel.com slash FFT. If you want 10 bucks off your first purchase at SeatGeek, use the promo code FFT. Download the SeatGeek app. Search for tickets. You're going to see it's a great app. Use the code FFT. And Lightstream is our third sponsor today. Lightstream.com slash FFT for a credit card consolidation loan at a very great rate. Uh, Lightstream.com slash FFT. I just told you about the sponsors. Let's hear from one of them right now. When we come back, a lot more waiver wiring. The drop meter recapping all three games. Uh, much more to come. Stick around on Fantasy Football today. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck. 
Like a rugged half-ton tundra, workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma, delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. And when you buy a Toyota truck, you buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold its value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Welcome back, everybody. All right, so... You know, Jamie, you write the waiver wire column and the threshold you use is 65% owned. You're going to mostly focus on players who are owned in fewer than 65% of CBS Sports Leagues. But for right now, let's look at the guys who are owned in more than 65% of leagues. We've already talked about some of them. Tyrell Williams, TJ Hawkinson, Patriots DST. But Justin Jackson is the one running back that you're kind of featuring here. He's 68% owned. Would you rather have Justin Jackson or Chris Thompson, or Ronald Jones? Where did you rank Jackson? Uh, so what, I, what I'm what going to do this year in the column for the first time is, because uh, I know you like to reference these guys um, on our show, is kind of keep it in the guys that are in 75 to 65 range for this group. Um, and then I'm going to put where I would rank them in the priority list. And so he was be, he's behind Ronald Jones. So I would take Gio, I would take Thompson, I would take Ronald Jones, and I'd put... Justin Jackson right there. Can I make the case that Ronald Jones should be the highest priority of all that he is the, yes. yeah, like he's so, so, you know, a great tight end is, is quite a commodity An elite running back or not elite, a must start running back is, is pretty special as well. And he's the one guy I think that has the potential to be that for the long term, you know? I just, my only concern with him is is San Francisco's run defense good? That yeah, because Peyton Barber had over four not. yards per carry. You know it was a home game for them. Uh, I know it's the you know season opener, but that's still a long road trip. Uh, I don't want to just go crazy because he did this against that defense. Sure, at Carolina on and Thursday it, coming up, then the right. Giants. Right, and 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 we'll see. You know, short week as we know tends to favor run games, but I think they're going to see that the Carolina defense is going to be able to contain them a little bit. So I don't want to go crazy about him, but this was an, uh, uh, for a guy that was certainly maligned in his rookie season. It was great to see him. You know, he passed the eyeball test. If you watch the game, he certainly looks much better than Peyton Barber. And is somebody that what this was the hope that Bruce Arians gets his hands on him and healthy year better year in the league, understanding things, you know, just taking that that step that you were hoping to see. I think he did that in one game. But can he sustain that? And so I think if you're looking at it in comparison with him to the other two guys, Gio is obviously a short-term solution. He's not going to be a long-term solution. So if you're looking at it from a broader scope, you want Ronald Jones over Giovanni Bernard. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at it from a broader scope, comparing him to Chris Thompson, because we know Thompson has a hard time staying healthy and is more of just a pass catcher, format is obviously specific with these two guys, you would take Ronald Jones over Chris Thompson. So long-term, I'd rather have Ronald Jones. Short-term, though, I think you look at the other two guys as better options. Okay. Fair enough. And um, let's go to the wide receivers then that are owned in 65 to 75% of leagues. And Dave, how would you prioritize Tyrell Williams, Deshaun Jackson, 
who will be at Atlanta on Sunday night this week. Tyrell Williams, unfortunately, his next three opponents, this this does need to be mentioned here. And even even five opponents, I guess, if you look at Tyrell Williams. Uh, now, granted, he just had a great game, 105 yards and a touchdown against uh, the Broncos. But Bears, Packers, Jaguars, Chargers, Titans. So that's Tyrell Williams' upcoming schedule. Deshaun Jackson, Cortland Sutton, and Michael Gallup are the others, Dave. How would you prioritize Tyrell, Deshaun, Cortland Sutton, and Gallup? Tyrell is number one with a bullet. The The matchups don't really matter to me, especially if I'm desperate for a wide receiver starter. I know that he's going to be that guy for Oakland, and Derek Carr didn't look half bad. So he would be one. Um, I think Deshaun would still be two, but it's a really close call over Gallup. And then uh, Cortland Sutton, great game. He looked way better than he did at any point last year. He was like the Ronald Jones of the receivers this week. But he's fourth for me on this list. Okay. By the way, I think I have screwed up here. Um, you screwed up Tyrell Williams. I did. I, th- I said Cortland Sutton's schedule for Tyrell Williams. Yeah. So I, I thought you did because I know yeah. that Tyrell Williams' schedule is really now. good. Okay. So, so Ty- what is Tyrell Williams' schedule? Oh, here, here we go. Well, Kansas you just City. start with this one. Kansas City's great. Yeah. Kansas City right, this then week. he's got Minnesota in week three, and that's going to be – that'll be a tough one on him. But after that, it's not so bad. Uh, I don't know about that. I mean, Chicago and Green Bay are not going to be easy. Yeah, Minnesota on the road at Indianapolis, Chicago and London, at Green Bay, at Houston, Detroit. It, it's not that easy of a schedule for Tyrell Williams after this week, Kansas City. But look, uh, you know, number one wide receiver on the team and top 20 wide receiver just a couple years, this a is, years this, ago. Honestly, if he does well against Kansas City, which he should, because probably chasing points, sell high. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Okay. Tight ends. Austin Hooper, TJ Hawkinson, and Mark Andrews. Jamie, how do you uh, prioritize those three? Hawkinson would be number one. Um, I would put the other two guys behind Waller ahead of Jimmy Graham. You know, so there's not a lot of tight ends that I think you're looking at on the waiver wire and saying I have to have these guys, but. if, if these guys are available in terms of Hooper and Andrews, aside from Hawkinson, because, again, he should be the most added tight end, I would put Waller second, and then I think the other two guys, you know, three and four. All right, cool. And then DSTs, you know, I think New England is 72% owned, so they might be out there at Miami this week. That could be, that could be beautiful. You know, we got some questions about just general waiver wire and fab philosophies and how you approach week one. And, you know... I think even if you're 0-1, you probably want to be focusing more long-term here, right? I mean, there are no buys in Week 2, so I don't know how many owners out there need someone to start. There definitely are, like the Tevin Coleman owner, obviously, has got to prioritize things differently. The the Darius Geis owner, the Joe Mixon owner, whatever. But what, like, what should you tell people right now? What should their priority be? How much fab should they be spending? Um, if you If you have Travis Kelsey, do you go out and get TJ Hawkinson? with the thought of trading one of them. You know what I mean? Like, what, what, what's your philosophy right now? Well, when it comes to fab, I don't like to spend a lot unless I'm desperate. There's a guy out there I have to have. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to spend for him. Otherwise, I'm not going to spend that much. So in the case of I've got Kelsey and Hawkinson's out there, I'm not going to unload the fab to get, Kel- to get Hawkinson on my team only to flip him. I just don't think that makes much sense. I'd rather save that fab. doesn't mean I'm not going to put in a bid on Hawkinson. It's just not going to be, you know, the the 40 or 50 percent, if not more, that it would take to get him on your team. As for just regular old waivers, that's a little bit different. You could go if, if let's just say you lost this week and you've got Travis Kelsey and Hawkinson's out there. You could acquire Hawkinson 
with the idea of trading them because you're not giving up something that can't be replenished. Right. You're going to be on waivers every week, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, I'm all forward making moves like that because that's how you make your team better. You're either adding depth and giving yourself a, a flex option, or you're acquiring a guy that you can flip to, to the guy who streamed Vance McDonald in week one or Eric Ebron in week one, and they will pay for Hawkinson. Jamie, anything to add? General strategy right now on waivers? I mean, I think if you have a chance to improve your team, you do it. You know, So if you find a situation where there's a player you think can help you long-term, uh, similar to what we were just talking about with Ronald Jones, if you think Ronald Jones could be somebody that down the stretch of the season, not necessarily the, the end of the season, but the, you know, the, the, the bye weeks and, and when you're going to have some injury situations and you think that he could be a guy that – I was looking at it this way. Like, if, where would I draft the guy? You know, so um, – like, for example, if you're in a two-quarterback league right now and every quarterback is gone, the only one that's available that's going to be a helpful situation for you is Gardner Minshew. How, where would you draft Gardner Minshew? Where would you essentially draft Nick Foles right now? And so, like, Nick Foles in a two-quarterback league would probably be, what, eight to ten round pick? Um, yeah. Nick Foles? Right, that range? Yeah, sure. Yeah. So yep. what is that worth to you in terms of your fab budget? Around eight pick. That's the kind of way I approach it. You know, so if you think that's a guy that can help your fantasy team, knowing what the situation is, like Raheem Mostert, for example, is not somebody that's going to be the clear cut starter for San Francisco unless something happens to Matt Breida. But what if it does? Matt Breida already got, you know, in the concussion protocol in, in week one, he, you know, in the game, uh, was able to get cleared and come back. But we know what his, his status is. So if Tevin Coleman, as the report suggests, is out multiple weeks, can you get value out of Raheem Mostert for maybe two or three weeks or potentially more? I think those are the type of things you have to evaluate your roster on. So uh, you probably look at the the list. I'm, I'm sure we'll show it at some point. Some of the names that I suggest that you get rid of, you know, guys that are owned in 85% of leagues or more. But we just know that the situations are not very good. We knew they weren't going to be very good to begin with, but you still drafted them with the hope that maybe something would change or, you know, you get some good production out of it. And it still may happen. But I think there's a lot of dead weight on a lot of people's rosters. Dave mentioned one and Dante Pettis. Jordan Howard's a guy that I think you can say, do I really need Jordan Howard? Am I ever going to you know, feel comfortable starting him? It's guys like that. And you just say, okay, I'll move on and I'll take a chance on somebody that not necessarily to trade them, but that you could potentially use as a starter at some point. Sure. All right. So just a, a quick sneak peek of the waiver wire. Some of the quarterbacks we're going to talk about, Josh Allen, Matthew Stafford, Andy Dalton. Some of the running backs we're going to talk about other than Geo, Chris Thompson, and Ronald Jones. Carlos Hyde looked good. Uh, 10 carries for 83 yards, only one catch. Malcolm Brown scored two touchdowns, had 11 carries, so he's he's in play. Raheem Mostert, Alexander Madison, he's going to have a role. So is Ito Smith. We're going to talk about those guys and more. Uh, not going to read all the names right now. Wide receivers, yeah, look, it's John Brown, it's Crowder, it's it's Marquise Brown, it's DK Metcalf. And then, you know, the other guys, who's buying John Ross? Who's buying uh, Terry McLaurin? Cole Beasley this week could be pretty good as we see how, how much the Giants struggle with slot receivers. So there's just some options there. It'd be better probably in a bye week situation. Uh, and then tight end is, is a short list. Uh, Darren Waller, Jimmy Graham, Vernon Davis. I'll make a case for Greg Olson. He had nine targets. Oh, but- yeah. I, I, I When I sent you the list, I didn't uh, I didn't put Greg Olson on there. And oh. He should be on there. All right. Greg, then Greg Olson. Uh, 52% owned, nine targets, facing Tampa Bay on Thursday. Played a lot out of the slot. So, um you know, those are some of the names, and then we'll get you some DSTs and some kickers as well. The Texans DST is available. Hopefully, the Patriots. But uh, let's um, let's see. Uh, pro- oh, I know. 
got to promote. Promote stuff. Thank you so much for your iTunes comments. They've been very helpful. Keep them coming. Give us a five-star review. And ask us a question for our Saturday mailbag. And we, of course, will read a bunch of your uh, iTunes or Apple Podcast comments. And feel free to uh, rate us on every app. And thanks again to the Bullhorn app for making us the podcast of the week. That was awesome. News and notes. Uh, Sean McVay said this about Todd Gurley and Malcolm Brown. He said, quote, about Malcolm Brown. He was up in that series and based on the flow and how many plays Todd had played prior to that. It didn't really have anything to do with where we were at on the field as much as it was, okay, we're just going to get Malcolm in, in this series, and that was something that was predetermined. And that was to him talking about uh, Brown getting goal line work. So a little fluky there, I guess. New England, right? Mm. No? Not buying it? Uh, I, I, I'm sure the series thing is definitely legit, but the, it's it's still a guy who's going to split work with Todd Gurley. It's going to happen. It's going to continue to happen. The Rams are doing what's best for them. And, uh, you know, Gurley's not going to play as many snaps as we're used to seeing, not get as many touches as we're used to seeing. This shouldn't be surprising to anybody. I'd buy low if you can. How low? I don't know what his value is. Well, I, I mean, I, I mean that's the thing, is that you're not going to be able to get him probably as cheap as you think you can, but if there's a frustrated Todd Gurley owner that, that has some running back depth, uh, I would try and see if you can get him. I I trade Antonio Brown for him right now if that's the case. Would so you? I've got him twelfth in the trade chart for this week. So I don't think the time to buy low on Gurley is right now, unless the guy in your league sees these stats and saw the numbers that Gurley puts up and he goes, ah, oh, you know what? I just don't want him anymore. In which case, put your arm around him and make him an offer he can't refuse. But I I would wait until he has a real stinker before trying to grab him. Oh, I, I agree. This isn't his low, but if somebody's frustrated because they think he lost two touchdowns, you go and try and poach him. Yeah, well... The other thing you can do, by the way, is this is one of your maybe third, fourth or fifth waiver moves is to grab Malcolm Brown. We haven't talked about him, but he's going to... He will carry value for people who have Gurley now. Kind of the same way that Tony Pollard did once upon a time with Ezekiel Elliott. I think people who have Gurley might be much more comfortable having Brown on their bench rather than Daryl Henderson. If Gurley stays healthy, this is going to be Malcolm Brown's best game. Not even close. Yeah, probably. I don't know that he's going to have... I don't think he's going to have any more two touchdown games. I, yeah. No. Uh, right. Um, New England right tackle. And I don't know if Marcus Gurley's going to stay Cannon. healthy. That's always, that's always in the back of your mind. It has to be. Um, all right. Patriots right tackle Marcus Cannon got hurt in the fourth quarter. So they don't need him at Miami, but it's something to keep an eye on. Greg Olson mispracticed with a back issue, but we expect him to play. Sterling Shepard may have a concussion, so the Bills DST might not be so bad this week, but they're also fairly highly owned. Um, TJ Watt left with a hip injury, and Joe Hayden has a sprained AC joint. So that's definitely something that could benefit Russell Wilson and the Seahawks this week. Um, Will Disley may not play, though. Aw, he's got a knee injury. Uh, Atlanta right guard Chris Lindstrom is going to miss at least eight weeks. So that's kind of a bummer, guys. Um, Jamie, your reaction to that Atlanta right guard out eight weeks? I mean, it's not good, you know, for an offensive line that was supposed to be improved. Um, and look, it, it was a tough matchup for them against Minnesota. So I don't know if you want to fully judge this offensive unit based on what that game showed us. But, um, you know, they, they did bring in a lot of guys. You know, they, they drafted two, they signed two. You know, so we'll see how this uh, depth helps them, but not not encouraging to have uh, an injury out of the gate right away. Philadelphia defensive tackle Malik Jackson. He has a fairly significant foot injury. He could go on IR, and that's uh, that's going to weaken their run defense for sure. Ram safety Eric Weddle is in the concussion protocol. 
Colts wide receiver Devin Funches broke his collarbone. Three collarbone injuries in week one. Multiple Miami players are seeking trades, according to Pro Football Talk. I don't blame them. Odell Beckham wore a watch. I don't know how much he paid for it. Maybe he was given it for free. Maybe it was promotional. But that watch is going for like $350,000. And I gotta th- I'm not a jewelry guy, but like, I didn't see anything special with that watch. I don't, I like, I don't know. Three hundred fifty thousand dollars, really? For a while? if he was on the Giants, you'd be you'd be on eBay <laughs> trying to get it. <laughs> yes, I would be taking out loads. Um, the Jets need a new kicker. Uh, they're holding tryouts, so if you don't have anything to do this week, you could have just stopped that the Jets need a new. <laughs> the Jets. Well, they new don't need kicker, a new, new coach, slot receiver. They don't need a new quarterback. They could use a new linebacker. They're gonna beat Maybe the Browns. If when it wins, it's gonna be okay. Yeah, they might. They're they gonna beat, beat the Browns. The Browns. Everybody, they are. Uh, their defense is already really battered. By the way, the views expressed by Adam Azer do not reflect the actual views of Adam Azer. He doesn't know how he feels about that game just yet. We're gonna take a break on fantasy football today. All right, we'll recap some football Sunday night and Monday night. Dropometer and a deep dive into the waiver wire after this. What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. New England 33 and Pittsburgh 3. Dave, how worried are you about the Steelers' offense? Uh, it did not look good. Dante Moncrief was really, really terrible. And Juju was double-covered a lot, which is to be expected. And now he's banged up. They didn't use James Conner nearly as much as I thought they were or as thought they would. Uh, I think they bounced back this week at home against Seattle. So I'm not terribly worried. Jamie, your thoughts on the Patriots running backs? Bad game for Sony Michelle and a lot of second half work for Rex Burkhead. Yeah, welcome to uh, Bill Belichick, year uh, five billion. Um, I I think this is going to be a, a bounce back game for Sony Michelle. I wouldn't worry about him yet, but Damien Harris is somebody you can get rid of right now. Yeah, uh, yeah. I don't know if I get right. I understand. It depends on your situation. Right. I mean, any any of these guys on waivers, Damien Harris. Yes. Well, if if you've got Sony Michelle, I would carry Harris. I'd drop him for for Burkhead. For Burkhead, right? Because right now he'll be the guy. But there's no reason to carry Damien Harris. He'll be as soon as he's active. That means that something's wrong with Sony Michelle, and the coaches don't trust him anymore. Or Burkhead's hurt. There's going to come a time later this year where Damien Harris will be a thing. It's up to you if you want to like drop him now and come back for him later or not. All right, Oakland 24 and Denver 16. And uh, let's see, Joe Flacco and Derek Carr both scored 16 fantasy points. One of them looked a lot better in the process, and Derek Carr will get Kansas City, so I guess you could consider him for the waiver wire. 
Josh Jacobs, he his longest run was 13 yards. He only had one catch, but 23 carries, 85 yards, and two touchdowns. Uh, would you rather have Josh Jacobs or Todd Gurley? There might not be a game all year where Todd Gurley has 23 carries or 24 touches. So I think that's a reasonable question. Um, what do you think? Still Gurley. I, I still have Gurley ahead of Jacobs, but it's it's close, and it was close on draft day. Um, it wasn't close in ADP, I guess, but in my mind it was close on draft day. And now it's close again. This is one where fantasy production and actual production differ because Todd Gurley was the better running back on the field for his team. Oh, Josh Jacobs was better for his fantasy production. Yeah, but I guess I could foresee a scenario where that continues if if Jacobs is getting like six Absolutely. more touches per game. Oh, that sounds sure, like a yeah, lot, sure, but sure. But and, again, I, you know, you you give the two Malcolm Brown touchdowns to Todd Gurley, which is probably going to happen this week if they have their way yes. to shut people up. Yes. Then you know it, it's a totally different conversation. Yeah. Get get the right way, game. You've got to love the usage for Jacobs. He was pretty much an every down back. I think Jalen Richard played like 10 snaps in the game, maybe even less than that. And who, when they went to the goal line, Jacobs was up there twice. Yeah. So I, I think you should feel very, very confident about having Josh Jacobs rest of the season. And I don't know if you heard this it is, on, the, uh, on, the, on the broadcast. Right. Sorry, Jamie, but, but it was mentioned by one of the broadcasters that Dabo Sweeney, they asked him about all the Clemson players on Oakland. Then he started talking about Josh Jacobs and how Josh Jacobs was the best player at Alabama. That he had played that you know that Clemson had played against, and uh, that really stood out. So, pretty exciting there. Uh, I, actually, Jamie, I want to get your thoughts on Philip Lindsay versus Royce Freeman. I was I was going to say real quick though for usage, this is going to be a telling game because they're most likely chasing points. And what will Jacobs do in that scenario? Yeah, against Kansas City. Now, as far as Lindsay and Freeman go, they had about the same amount of carries. Freeman had a better game on the ground. He had a twenty-six yard run. Um, Felt like Lindsey was the favored back, though, and he had four catches. He had six targets. He was split out wide. Looked to me like they realized they've got you know a really good player, Lindsey. They want to get the ball in his hands. What was your takeaway, Jamie? I think they want to get both of them involved. You know, this is going to be a problem. Is that you know which one will get into a rhythm? Um, as long as Theo Riddick's out, I think you know that benefits Lindsey because he is the better pass catcher. Although they did use Freeman a little bit more than we saw last year when Lindsey was healthy. So this is a week to avoid them, obviously, playing the the Bears. But mm-hmm. like I wouldn't I wouldn't drop Freeman yet, if you were considering cutting him, and I wouldn't panic on Lindsey yet. Just coming out of this game, I think there's still enough to like about both guys in their respective situations. But you know, it's going to take an injury for one of them to be a superstar. I agree. the The bad news is they both played almost evenly. Lindsey played four more snaps than Freeman. The good news is it was just the two of them. No Devontae Booker. He only played one snap on offense. So as long as it stays this way, I think that we can feel a little bit better about starting either one of them as flexes. Lindsey more so in PPR. Um, Lindsey maybe even as a low-end number two running back when the matchup is better than it'll be this week. All right, and then New Orleans 30, Houston 28. What a game. What a game. Did I get, awesome. did I get it right, by the way? Of course. You it counts? Well, you why, knew why it was count? right. There it is. Uh, yeah, no, I, I don't know. I mean, because because uh, there were some duds. I mean, dud? Will Fuller wasn't very good, two for 69. Jared Cook was this a dud, weird. two for 37. Breeze only 24 fantasy points. I thought it'd be closer to 30. I'll take it. What a no. What a no. But adds a success. Can they, can they stop with the stupid Taysom Hill stuff? It's so annoying. <laughs> the good thing is they run the ball almost every time with Taysom Hill, so... 
I don't know if that's a good thing, but that's a thing. How's that? That's good? No, I guess it's not. Um, Yeah, it's great. The Hall of Fame quarterback comes off the field so we can run gimmick plays. (laughs) Wee! But I'd say when he's in, it's almost always a run. Um, Yeah, Duke Johnson, Carlos Hyde. Do you think uh, Carlos Hyde should be owned in more than 58% of leagues? Yes. Yeah. He looks really, really good. Will it be sustainable, though? Right. I was not super encouraged with Latavius Murray, though. I thought I was hoping for more work. Six carries. You know, I I think uh, we talked about this on uh, CBS Sports HQ last night that after the interception where he was targeted, they did not use him in the passing game at all. And I wonder if they felt that maybe he did something wrong. Hmm. Interesting. All right. Because he had two catches early. Who's the wide receiver to take a shot on on the waiver wire from this game? Kenny Stills, Traquan Smith, or Ted Ginn? Oh, Ted Ginn. Ginn I've been, I've been targets, talking about Ginn for, for months that he was just ranked too low, drafted too low. I mean, you looked at his numbers when he was healthy last year. He was very good. Anytime they're at home, you're going to want to play Ted Ginn. He is 8% only at seven catches for 101 yards on seven targets. They're not home for another three games at the Rams, at the Seahawks, and then Dallas and Tampa Bay back-to-back at home. Uh, Ted Ginn, 8% owned. All right, before we end the video portion of the show, how much is the most amount of fab dollars you would spend on any one player out of a $100 budget? How much would you spend on any one particular player this week, and who would that player be? If I needed a tight end and TJ Hawkinson was there, I would go 50%. No! That's so yes. much. I need the tight end. If we were drafting right now, where would he rank? Be honest. I don't. I mean, he wouldn't be. It's exciting, or but it's it's one game. Oh, he'd be on the good side of the bridge. He, yes, he would. He oh, might even oh, be man. inside the big six. It might be the big seven, or kind of big eight. I don't even know. If Delaney I, Walker was pretty good too. I wouldn't put fifty percent on Jared Cook if he were available. No, of course not. No. All right. Well, Jamie, he didn't go for one hundred and thirty in a touch. Jamie, how much on Hawkinson? Uh, I probably wouldn't go that high. I'd probably go 35 to 40. How much on the next best player? Um, if you have Joe Mixon, it depends, it depends what your, what your situation is, is, you know, again, that that's the thing. You don't want to go crazy on geo because it's a short term situation. So, right. you know, I, I think you're, you're looking at more of the long-term guys. Hawkinson is a long-term guy. Waller's a long-term right. guy. Tyrell Williams yep. is a long-term guy. Um, how much on Waller? You know, G- how much on Waller? Uh, we got to end the video portion. We'll get more audio. Waller would be probably in the, in the 20% range. Yep. I was going to say 20 on him, but I would go like 35-ish on Tyrell. Marquise Brown. 15 tops. Oh, I was going to say like 8 or 9%. Ronald Jones. 15. 10. Okay. All right. Video portion is done. We're going to take one more break here. When we come back, drops and ads for the rest of the show. We'll be right back. Passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. 
Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Ads and drops. Here we go. The dropometer. Dropometer, Adam. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, zero to ten. How droppable are these guys? Jameis Winston. Three. Zero. Oh, okay. Preaching patience. Good. I like it. I think people are freaking out a little bit here. Yeah, in a ten-team league, I think you could move on. Dante Pettis. Twenty-five. So they got to get him involved. Like their wide receivers suck. They they have to get him involved. I I think the time will come maybe by midseason where Debo Samuel's their best guy. He played a yeah, lot maybe, of snaps. Maybe he just sucks. Who, Who Dante Debo? Pettis? No, no. Dante Pettis does not suck. He's I I, feel, I hope I hope you're right, but maybe they just don't like him. That could be. <laughs> that all signs point to yes. By the way, these are these dropometer suggestions are from you on Twitter. Um, I kind of took the most popular ones and the ones that made me laugh, like this one. Bill O'Brien and Romeo Cornell. Uh, no. No, but you got uh, to... that again in January. You got to play better defense on that on that second to last play. I, w- I would drop Bill O'Brien as the general manager. Curtis Samuel for John Brown or Hollywood Brown? John Brown, yes. Hollywood Brown, no. Uh, yeah, I agree. Muhammad Sanu. Yes. Ten. Zero to ten. Ten. Twelve. Justice Hill. Ten. Yep. Would you drop Jared Cook for Hawkinson or Waller? Yes, if that's the only move I can make. Yeah, if your bench is stacked otherwise. <laughs> the bridge has fallen down. Didi Westbrook. Zero. I don't know, uh, man. With with Gardner Minshew there, that could be bad news. Zero. Yeah, zero. I'm gonna say I'm gonna say five. I'm nervous uh, because of Minshew. Dion Lewis, two and a half. Uh, Dion Lewis, eight. Kenyon Drake, ten. No, you can't drop Drake. Well, no. but what are, what are you doing with Kenyon Drake? You're you're getting bad at him every week. <laughs> You're going to put him on your bench, and you're going to say, why is he on my bench? Maybe. Zero to ten. Seriously, on Drake. Seven. Uh, four. All right, guys. Let's do quarterbacks here. Who to pick up in week one? So, Josh Allen, Matthew Stafford, Andy Dalton, Derek Carr, Marcus Mariota, Jacoby Brissett, and Gardner Minshew are the six. They obviously are not all on the same plane here. Jamie, you, I think you said Josh Allen's the only guy that you'd want to start this week? Yes, I don't have him ranked as a starter, but he's close. Okay, Josh Allen, 58% owned. He's at the Giants. We know about their defense. Do you think Matthew Stafford at 47% owned? He had 33 fantasy points at Arizona. I mean, do you think he's just, in general, a guy that we could be starting? Uh, not necessarily this week against the Chargers, but, you know, going forward. I would yeah. say streaming, not starting. Yeah, I, I think I've gone back and forth on him and Dalton as a short-term solution if you're if you're stuck, um, because I think Dalton, especially if no Mixon's there, is going to throw 50 times like we saw again, and he has the better matchup this week. Um, you know, San Francisco back-to-back road games; they're not going home, so I, I can see Dalton having a decent game as well. But I, I think you saw you know 51 pass attempts, he gets you to 24 fantasy points. You know, that's kind of I think the game that he's going to have to have. If John Ross keeps this up, though, he's going to be very good. Yeah, yeah, sure. Derek Carr against Kansas City. Not terrible. He's 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 a great daily play. 
Um, he's going to be a great uh, two-quarterback play. Um, and again, I don't know how many people are going to need to start him in week number two, but I do think you're going to see chasing points. And you know, as we saw from Minshew, you can get to that 20-point threshold in that scenario. Like, would you start Derek Carr over Mitchell Trubisky at Denver? Yes. yes. Would you start him over uh, Garoppolo? Yes. Yes. Okay, and then... The interesting one is Jameis. Yeah, Thursday at Carolina. Right. Tough spot for him. Mm-hmm. So, what, what would you do? Carr or Jameis? Carr. I have Jameis right there. Marcus Mariota, Jacoby Brissett, they are widely available. Do we see... Long-term appeal in either of these guys. They're facing each other this week, Mariota and Brissett. Well, if if every team playing Tennessee gives the game away like the Browns did, then Mariota is going to have a great year. I don't think that's going to happen. I think we've seen Mariota's best game. We haven't seen Brissett's best game, but neither one of these guys are going to be interesting. I would have, I would rather have Derek Carr and Jameis Winston ahead of both of them. Uh, I agree with that, but I do think that if you get 16 games out of Mariota— it's going to be fun to see him have games like this because it wasn't a pretty game. I mean, he got a 75-yard touchdown on a screen pass to Derrick Henry. You know, how many times can you expect that to happen? Mm-hmm. But A.J. Brown looks to be like a, a deep, a, a good deep ball threat, and, and Delaney Walker is obviously going to be somebody that's going to help him all over the field, especially in the red zone. So I think Mariota in two quarterback leagues, you should feel happy that you drafted him if this is the case. And again, if, if he stays healthy, we've seen him, that he could be a decent fantasy option. He gets hot at times, and this could be the start of a hot streak. It's a good matchup against the Colts. And Gardner Minshew, starting quarterback, so there's that. And he played well. He scored 21 fantasy points against the Chiefs. Three incompletions. Uh, drop candidates, Kirk Cousins and Jimmy Garoppolo, who I just I can't help but think, man, like if those touchdown passes to Kittle counted, we'd be talking differently about him, but they didn't. Um, and then Mitchell Trubisky. Are they must drops or are they like only if you need to drop? Trubisky them? is. I think all three I'd rather have Josh Allen over. Same. Stafford too. Okay. Uh, running backs. All right. So, look, we, we talked about 10 to 15% of your fab on, on Ronald Jones. You know, maybe Chris Thompson is in that range, Giovanni Bernard. But we're not necessarily breaking the bank for any of these guys. But... Uh, priority number one is Geo. Well, it's got if you're the Mixon owner, it's Geo. And hopefully we'll have some more information later tonight about Mixon's injury. But there is a possibility that Geo is is a one week guy or a zero week guy. But remember, two games without Joe Mixon last year, he was great in both of them. Seventeen touches uh at Carolina, nineteen touches at Atlanta, nineteen or more fantasy points in PPR, I think, in both games. Yes. So very good and um, scored three touchdowns, three rushing touchdowns in those two games and gets San Francisco this week. Then he's at Buffalo, then at Pittsburgh. Um, all right, so there's Geo, which is a kind of a tough call. Chris Thompson, Ronald Jones, we've already had that discussion. Well, Jamie, take us, take us through some of this list here, um, like the first half of it, and just your thoughts on the guys that you anticipate are going to be added tonight. I mean, I, I think you're going to see clearly Crowder and Brown, not in that order, Brown, then Crowder added Marquise Brown for sure just because of where he's coming from at 29% and like Dave alluded to um, he didn't have to do very much because he played less than 20 snaps and only had five targets so it'd be fun to see what happens with him if the you know pass attempts are are a little bit different and the playing time is a little bit different but there's a lot to like there Uh, Metcalf Adam you've been talking about him you know for a while now and it was good to see him come out and play at the level that he did and have more targets than Tyler Lockett well wait but let's talk about running backs though oh I'm sorry (laughs) <laughs> I, I didn't know what list you wanted. No, the running back list here. 
Geo, oh. Chris Thompson, Ronald Jones. Sorry, I thought you said take us to the receiver list. I'm, I'm no, I'm sorry this. about that. Um, I would go with, like I said before, I think if you're looking at it from a more long-term approach, Ronald Jones is your best bet. Um, short-term, though, I think you look at just the two guys at the top of the list in terms of Geo and Chris Thompson. You know, Thompson could be great long-term, but we just has a hard time staying healthy. That's the problem with him. So as long as Darius Geis is out, he's going to have a, an increase in, in touches and workload and you know, you know he's going to be in the passing game. So I, I think those three guys are are the easy top three, and then Hyde is a is a solid fourth. Who would you drop right now for for first of all for Chris Thompson? I have little interest, if no interest, maybe in in non PPR. Is that fair? Yep. Yeah, he's like three cone. Same thing you said about him. Half PPR, sure. Um, full PPR, definitely. So who would you drop right now for Chris Thompson and for Ronald Jones? Well, you could start with Kalen Balaj, who just has no business being on a fantasy roster. If the rest of your team is good and you've got Drake, I would drop Drake for Ronald Jones. I would drop Drake for Chris Thompson and PPR. Uh, obviously, for Geo, I would do that. Darwin Thompson, I, I just think it's going to be a while before he's a factor. If you've got Daryl Henderson and you don't have Todd Gurley, I think you could drop him. And uh, that's really about it. There's not a whole lot else. Just that running back specifically. Uh, Peyton Barber, I think, right? I, don't, I wouldn't get rid of him yet. We might be a week or two away from that, but I wouldn't do it yet. The guys that I looked at that were owned in 70% of leagues or more that I would drop for those guys would be Jordan Howard, Daryl Henderson, Payne Barber, Kareem Hunt's an easy one, and then Darwin Thompson. All of them are 72% to 88%. Well, would you drop them for Carlos Hyde? Yes. Okay. Um, Malcolm Brown, Raheem Mostert. Yeah, Mostert, I mean, look, if we like Brita, we should like Mostert. Mostert had three games of more than five carries last year, and he was really good in all of them. Seven carries for 86 yards and a touchdown against Oakland. Seven carries yeah. for 59 yards against the Rams, plus four catches. Twelve carries for 87 yards at Tampa Bay. He's got what I think is an easy matchup at Cincinnati, even though they played very well um, last week uh, you know, at Seattle. But Mostert is going, he's definitely going to get work. He is. He's he's one of many players, not just running backs, but players that are on this like third and fourth tier of interesting waiver ads. And I think he makes a lot of sense if you lost Tevin Coleman because Tevin could be gone a month, maybe longer. And he's going to be that second guy. We know that Matt Burita has a history of getting nicked up. Hopefully, you know, he can play through injuries like he did last year. We'll see. So most are also he's definitely not a priority guy, but he's someone who carries some semblance of value, and he's available in every league. Right. Nobody took him. Uh, nobody should have. So, and yeah. he's third string. Yeah, absolutely. And then, Jamie, you've got this group of, well, I guess I'll include Mostert, this group of running backs who will get work on a weekly basis, at least for Mostert while Coleman's out. Um, Mostert, Madison, Ito Smith, Mike Davis, Darren Sproles. Uh, yeah, so... Is there anyone that really jumps out from that group? Mostert, and I really should include Malcolm Brown. All these guys widely available except Madison. Um, Malcolm Brown, Mostert, Madison, Ito Smith, Mike Davis, Darren Sproles. A lot of names there, but they, they get work. And what do you think about them? I think that they're certainly lower on the list than these other guys. You know, Malcolm Brown, I think as we saw, despite the fact that I said this is his best game, if Todd Gurley stays healthy, there's the scenario of what if Todd Gurley is not healthy and you're talking about one of the better lottery tickets that you'll find. So I would put him 
slightly ahead of Mostert just from the standpoint of Mostert's going to need still another injury to happen for him to be a starting fantasy running back. And then on top of that, you have what is Jeff Wilson's role going to be? Because we see this from time to time that they keep a guy on a roster because he's better on special teams and they may value Mostert more as a special teams guy than they do Jeff Wilson in that role. So that's why they put Wilson on the practice squad. Maybe they also thought that somebody would take Mostert. There's a lot of things that go into it. I'm not exactly sure which guy they're going to value more, but it could be a situation where we see Jeff Wilson after a week. Even though Mostert looked really good against Tampa Bay, I think we could see Jeff Wilson cutting into Mostert's role. So um, I, I would put Brown slightly ahead of him. But you know, with Madison and Ito Smith, they still need an injury to be very fantasy relevant. But in the situations that they're in, Edo Smith playing behind Devontae Freeman and his injury track record, and then Madison, same thing behind Dalvin Cook. But Madison could be a star given how Minnesota looks like they're going to be able to run the ball. I feel like we can make that case for Madison and Edo Smith every week until we absolutely need them because of an injury. So it's up to you as the Cook owner, as the Freeman owner, how risk-averse you are. If, if you're nervous about missing out on having a running back to replace Cook or Freeman when they get hurt, if that makes you nervous, go get Madison, go get Smith. All right, Darren Sproles, Rex Burkhead, they're at the bottom of this list. We go to the wide receivers now, wide receivers. And, uh, you know, obviously Tyra Williams, Michael Gallup, Deshaun Jackson, Cortland Sutton, they're above the 65% threshold, but check to see if they're available because Tyra Williams would be the number one priority. Michael Gallup would be behind Jamison Crowder and Marquise Brown. And then, you know, Cortland Sutton's in that mix as well, but he'd be behind DK Metcalf. So John Brown and Jamison Crowder and Marquise Brown and DK Metcalf, I think we've talked about them enough. Who else? Who do you like out of John Ross, Terry McLaurin, Miko Hardman, Danny Amendola, Cole Beasley, A.J. Brown, etc.? I'll get into more guys later. So the name that's currently at the top of that list for me is John Ross. But it's with some serious trepidation because this was crazy fluky how he got it done. And yet at the same time, there were ways that the Bengals used him that reminded me of how the Rams used Robert Woods. And I thought about how, you know, Zach Taylor used to coach with L.A. And they're 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 using Ross on tunnel screens and out, out routes. And look, he, he scores on a on a flea flicker and he scores on a ball that probably should have been intercepted. Other than those two plays, though, he he didn't look half bad. I wouldn't rush to get him, and when A.J. Green comes back, his value is going to tank. But there there's there's a glimmer of now, for the next two weeks, of some speculation on him. You know what? I'm taking it back. I'm taking it all back. I'm, I'm just thinking about it as I'm saying it. When's A.J. Green expected back? Week four, week five, maybe somewhere in there? We'll feel comfortable starting A.J. Green. Is that yeah, right? Yeah. Okay, so John Brown will be practically useless by then. So I'm I'm going to move him down. John I, Ross. I like, John Ross. I, I, what? John, John Ross. Ross yes. You said John Brown. Yeah, John Ross. You know why I said John Brown? Because I was about to say A.J. Brown. I was more impressed with A.J. Brown on his three catches than John Ross on his however many catches he had. He had seven. Yeah, A.J. Brown only had four targets, um, but his first game, so maybe he'll run yeah, more routes. They, they have to use him more. Because he is such a, a great yards after the catch type of receiver. He's a great route runner. He's physical. He's going to get caught from behind a decent amount of the time. But he he gives that offense a, a pretty good dimension that just, for whatever reason, Corey Davis can't connect with Marcus Mariota. Maybe it's because they target him a little bit longer. But 
A.J. Brown, you know, that that short catch that he turned into a 51-yard play, they need more of that. And I wouldn't be surprised if his targets went up. Just like I said with Ross, and, and now I'm taking A.J. Brown ahead of John Ross, uh, I, I, I don't think he's got to be a priority, but I think you should keep an eye on him. I think he's got a chance to be a pretty decent third receiver by week five. Okay. I think there are a lot of guys that you don't have to necessarily get tonight that they're going to pass through waivers and you can just get them as free agents. This is a really big list of players here. Like, Miko Hardman played 78% of the snaps, and he didn't do anything at Jacksonville, but that doesn't mean he won't do anything. You know, he's an interesting guy to speculate on. I, I just I want to ask another question, Jimmy, about DK Metcalf. I'm sorry, but he had six targets, and Tyler Lockett had one, and he had four catches for 89 yards. Do you think it's possible DK Metcalf is just going to be the most targeted player on Seattle? No. I think it was... I think it was a little circumstantial. I, I don't think this is going to be a Tyler Lockett's getting one target per game type of situation at all. So I wouldn't panic on him, and I wouldn't overvalue DK Metcalf, but I would try and get him. Was this the shiny new toy theory that Metcalf was the Seahawks' yeah. new addition to the I, offense and they just wanted to get him out there and get see what he could do? I don't know. Whereas like they I, know what I, they can get with Lockett. But we know what Tyler Lockett is. I mean, Tyler Lockett is not a – he's a very – he's a great player. He's not a complete receiver. He's not the kind of guy that you're going to have like run the same routes that DK Metcalf is going to run. He doesn't have the size of DK Metcalf. Are you Metcalf. kidding? He runs way more routes than DK I Metcalf. I don't know about I, I don't know that that's like D, like Tyler Lockett is a deep ball guy. You know? He's he's, he's more than that. But I think, I, I DK, think DK Metcalf, Metcalf is, is more the, deep ball guy than Tyler see, Lockett. See, that's I think he's dispelling that myth. I think he did it in the preseason. I think he did it yesterday. And I think Metcalf is more of a prototypical number one wide receiver. Like if you're just looking at them, you know it's obvious. I was like, I like Metcalf. I <laughs> obviously know. you know that. Yes, yeah, yeah, but he he's proven it. He I mean, he hasn't done anything to disprove that because I saw it in the preseason and I saw it in Week One where they throw to him a lot and they seem to really like him. But yeah, I, I mean, Metcalf's obviously or uh, I'm, I, Lockett's not going to get one target. But I just wonder if they view Metcalf as that. Sorry, if they view Lockett as that deep ball guy, that big play guy, like a Deshaun Jackson, and they view. Metcalf differently, I guess we will find out. Um, other guys you could think to add, Trey Quinn, DJ Chark, Ted Ginn, 8% owned, Devontae Parker, Chris Conley for the Jags, Preston Williams for the Dolphins. I don't see myself putting claims on any of them, but maybe in a 14-team league? Like, definitely A.J. Brown in a 14-team league. Yes. Sure. And Cole Beasley really has a chance this week. Um, and then Danny Amendola. Quick thought on Amendola, Jamie. He had uh, seven catches, 104 yards, and a touchdown on 13 targets for the Lions. I mean, he, he's. Uh, I think as long as he stays healthy, when he has a quarterback that and, and a system that will lean on him, he's going to be productive. You know, it's just a matter of can you. You're going to get a, a a four for 45 game coming up. It may happen this week. That's the thing you just got to understand with him. Or I'm sorry, a, a six for 45 game coming up. Do you think that he's the new version of Golden Tate, where Stafford's just going to lean on him as a short area target and let just wind him up and let him go, and he get he he's got that safe floor of 11, 12 PPR points. No, he's uh, not as good as Golden Tate. Yeah, that's the thing. Golden Tate's such a great player, makes guys miss all the time. But you, I mean, we talked about Jamison Crowder and the track record of slot receivers at Adam Gase's offense. We know four straight ninety catch seasons for Golden Tate. That's the track record of slot receivers there. Uh, okay, let's go to tight end. This one we've more or less exhausted, but Darren Waller, Hawkinson's one. Darren Waller is one in the under 65% own. 
Jimmy Graham, Vernon Davis after that. Where would you slot Greg Olson? Is he ahead of Jimmy Graham or behind him? Behind. Okay. So mm, I might go ahead. I just worry about the injuries with him. He's I worry already, about the injuries with both of them. He's already on the injury report. I know it's probably just, you know, to let him sit out practice on a short week, but he's got a back injury. And and we haven't seen him, you know, play 16 games for two straight years. All right, but what about this week? Graham has Minnesota and Olsen has Tampa Bay. Yeah, you'd, you'd rather start Olsen. And then Vernon so that, Davis. For oh, that sorry. reason alone, you, you you pick him up first. Vernon Davis, 4% owned. He had a touchdown on, on uh, six targets. <laughs> I wrote 67 targets, so it was either six or seven. That might be how many he's had in like the last three years. Yeah, maybe. Uh, he gets Dallas this week, and he's 4% owned. But Jordan Reed might be back, so keep that in mind. And then are you dropping Eric Ebron? I know you're dropping Ebron for Waller and Hawkinson. Are you dropping him for Graham or, or Olsen, Eric Ebron? Yes. I just wonder, I wonder what his role will be with Devin Funches out. Because that was one of the reasons against Eric Ebron was here, here's a wide receiver that's a big body that can work in the red zone. And now he's gone. And Ebron had a touchdown called back. So oh, or dropped. he dropped the touchdown. Yeah. He, it, it was really, really close. Yeah, I'm not sure he dropped it. Uh, yeah, and neither am I. But bottom line is that he could see his role increase. So you got to tell me you could drop in it for Greg Olson. No, I'm not going to do it. Okay. And Kyle Rudolph is droppable as well. One target. 10% of the targets, but only one. <laughs> DSTs, the Texans get the Jags. The Titans get the Colts. The Panthers get the Bucks. Yeah, I, I'm not super jazzed, Jamie, about these DSTs. No, it's not a great group. So hopefully the Patriots or the Bills are available. And then kickers. Cairo Santos is unowned. Mason Crosby is 62% owned. He gets Minnesota. Matt Bryant, 14% owned. That's the one. Yeah, Matt Bryant. He could be your starter the rest of the year. He's got 12 more games indoors. And Atlanta just got done with their toughest matchup of the year. Cool. And I don't think he scored a point, right? They went went for two twice. He was a a donut. Yeah, that'll change. All right, guys. Thank you. Long show today. I hope it was helpful for everyone. I'll do my best to respond to emails and tweets. Fantasyfootball at CBSI.com. Uh, try to get on Facebook and talk to y'all. And thanks so much for listening. Na 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 na.